Welcome to the Fly Crate Podcast, brought to you by the Fly Crate, the easiest way to discover new trout flies. To learn more about their monthly fly club and online shop, visit www.theflycrate.com. We have a great show for you today. Today we will be announcing the second place winner to Twig and Timber Outdoors contest from the YouTube. Now if you check out his Twig and Timber Archery and Outdoors on YouTube. So our first question this week comes from Adithian SK. I really apologize if I'm butchering your names, folks, but uh, bear with me. What is the conversion for fly weight to fly line? So how much weight line or test how much weight can it hold is an eight weight fly line so i want people who are new to fly fishing to not think about fly line as what you need to be concerned about with the with the weight test so there are a couple different types of weight resistance and resiliencies that we need to worry about your fly line an eight weight fly line the actual line itself you don't have to worry about that breaking. There are a few game fish, game fish that are uh, fresh water um, that we really have to worry about the actual fly line breaking. It's much we have to be much more concerned with our tippet and with our leaders, and more importantly, our knot, for that matter. Um, your fly line will not break on you before your tippet and before your knots will. That is, unless you're using either terrible materials or you're overcompensating with your like if you're if you hypothetically used bass fishing braided line um you know 50 pound braided line you might have a better chance of breaking a two or three weight fly line than that but you will not break a fly line typically um you do have to worry about your leader tippet and knots however our next question comes from Conrad Watkins. Can you go over details about swinging flies specifically for Great Lakes steelhead, fly selection, sink tip leaders, etc.? So it is a little late uh, for our Great Lakes steelhead. However, they are still in the uh, creeks for sure. I hooked up on a couple the other day, so I know that they are still in there. Um, now, there are two different ways you can go about uh, typically fly fishing for Great Lakes steelhead. One is a, a nymphing technique and one is swinging. Now, Great Lakes steelhead typically do not take as well to swing, uh, swinging flies or swung flies as they would to nymphing um, either egg or stone fly patterns, uh, maybe even, you know, leeches or streamers. However, it, it has been done because uh, I was able to do it early in the fall. Now, if the water conditions are right, and maybe even you just want to take the time and uh, get some fun casting in, by all means, swing some swing some streamers for, for steelhead. Now, typically what I will use, I will use an intermediate line because our Great Lakes tributaries are typically not that deep. And if I don't have an intermediate line, you can use a floating line because it is relatively shallow in parts with a sink tip line. Now, your T rating will depend, again, on your depth, but I typically recommend an intermediate line. And, you know, make sure that when you roll your cast out, um, if you need to get a little deeper, you know, obviously you're going to cast more directly across or perpendicular to the current. 
and I always add an upstream mend. Um, that way, uh, it allows you to instead of having your the belly of your line catch the current first and drag and whip your streamer quickly through the current, you want to give it ample time in the strike zone of the fish to allow them to react. So typically an upstream mend will allow the fly line and the, the fly to collect safely at the bottom or at the start of the swing when that you first start to feel that shaking tug. And then you're going to keep your rod tip low and make sure that you follow through all the way. And before you, you know, you can you can impart some action by stripping in a little bit here and there, but make sure you don't pull the line up at the end of your swing too soon. Let it complete its swing. And then I usually give it about four or five, six-inch strips to allow any potential uh, fish that may have followed the fly over in its swing uh, the, the opportunity to see this potential prey um, kind of swimming away from it. And that sometimes does help with your hookup ratio. Now, if you're going to nymph in the Great Lakes for steelhead, there are two very specific uh, techniques that I, I utilize to great um, if, you know, efficiency. One being your typical um, float type drift, dead drift. Uh, so you, you know, for those who don't know, you Attach your fly rig with your weight if you need to use weight at the end of your your tippet, um, and about one and a half to two times the uh, depth of the water you attach your float. I usually use an adjustable float, uh, something like either a wool or a yarn indicator or even a thingamabobber, depending on the clarity of the water uh, and the depth of the water. And you cast your fly up. Typically, one small. Uh, upstream mend does the trick after that, or even better yet, a reach cast upstream. And uh, typically on the Great Lakes, because of the way the streams are designed and built, and not built rather, but like laid out, um, you get shorter drifts. That's okay because they are fairly condensed, and um, the the streams because they're smaller and because they're shallower, uh, find the pockets and pools and things, and run your um, run your, your nymphs through there. To more efficient, uh, in my opinion, fishing, uh, I use tight line nymphing. Um, and typically, uh, I find great success. I don't even need to use a cider sometimes, but typically, you'll use a cider with a longer leader. And the cider is basically a piece of colored monofilament or a curly kind of spring type um, leader line type thing that um, when you cast up you look at that and if you see any subtle takes or pauses in that you'll set just like you would with a strike indicator or bobber or float whatever you want to call it Um, if you fish the quicker runs this is really nice because you can throw nice heavy uh, nymphs on there and it also allows you to feel and fish right at the bottom where those steelhead like to hang out so I like to use this method the best the cool thing about the Great Lakes for steelhead is that you can also use dry flies. There are rare occasions where you will find steelhead taking dry flies. Now, I don't use this as a primary method to fish steelhead, but it can be done and it has, be done, it has been done. And um, if you want more information about that, uh, maybe we can do a separate steelhead podcast whenever the season kind of gets a little closer. Next question comes from Tyler Black. Is there certain scenarios where certain f- color fly line matters? Now, Tyler, um, 
typically what you see is with floating line, because you're going to be doing typically more casting in the air and you're worried about um, dead drifting things on the surface of the water, you'll see bright colors to allow you to track your fly line easier. Now, that's not to say that there are brands that make darker, more muted colors, but that's what you typically see. And then when you look into um, intermediate or sink tip lines, you'll see the line, the body of the line uh, will, um, or the belly of the line will have kind of a brighter color. But as you get closer towards the fly, you start to become very muted or very dark or black even. And same thing with full sink lines are typically darker in color. If the, the line will be in the water, you will see manufacturers making darker colored fly line. Now, certain scenarios where a certain fly color or fly line matters, um, the color of it, I don't think there's really that drastic of a difference between a very dark olive drab line and a black line in typical water. If it's gin clear, uh, my suggestion would be to utilize a longer leader and dissect the water a little more meticulously in smaller chunks. But I don't think it would really matter that drastically if you use um, one color versus the other. All right, our next question comes from Porgy Junkie. Again, I apologize if that's not how you say that, but what is your favorite hatch to fish? My favorite of all time is typically up here in the northeast we get this tiny little stonefly that starts to hatch really early in the spring really late in the winter Uh, sometimes even if you get a nice little warm spell in the winter i mean it's a size 20 at the best maybe 18 at the very largest a pig of a stonefly but the reason i like to fish this is that the fish are so excited that there's finally something other than midges to eat, that you're able to get away with throwing a little bit meatier of a fly, as well as, uh, typically I use these, obviously, nymphing, um, tight line nymphing to be more specific, but in addition, nobody, it seems, likes to fish trout or, or any type of fish in the winter other than steelhead, especially up here in the northeast. Living on Steelhead Alley, we typically have your... Uh, avid anglers who will fish all year long for every species they can. And then you have the occasional uh, steelhead, you know, in the fall. And then as soon as the ice starts, they're done. Uh, That's actually one of my favorite times to go out. You know, you're bundled up, but whenever you're intensely and intently fishing, you know, these small little, uh, almost midge-sized stoneflies, you're the sole body out there. You're the sole person fishing, and that means that you know you're the you, you own the entire river. And at the same time, the fish are very eager to eat. They have to eat all year, and so these are the biggest morsels they've seen in months and months. They're gonna eat, and typically I'll catch or hook up to you know with ten fish on average more during this hatch than I will on the majority of the may mayfly hatches or stonefly hatches um, or terrestrial dumps that we see in the Northeast. So that's my favorite hatch. Next question is from Montana Woodsman. What is your favorite kind of trout to catch? I am a lover of the brookie. The brook trout is one of my favorites. Now, granted, I don't live near any native cutty or a cutthroat um, or any 
you know, red band or golden trout. But the brookie being a native to North America, um, typically we don't see them stocked with great efficiency and, and success. So when I do find brook trout, they are wild fish. And they're, they're fish that are eager to take a fly in small streams. Uh, typically, they love dry flies, big bushy dry, fr- dry flies. And so what I like about these small fish in these small streams is that, you know, you're not catching a, an absolute monster of a fish, but you're out in a gorgeous stream typically, um, pretty much solo unless you're fishing with a buddy or a family member. And... It just lets you get out and, and enjoy the fly fishing we love in the way that we were kind of meant to enjoy it, if that makes sense. And our last question of this week is our winner. Our winner of our second place prize is Bradley Tristan. And his question is, okay, so I'm 14 and I've been fly fishing for seven years. And whenever I see a hatch, I can't determine what it is for the life of me, probably why I've only caught my fish on nymphs. And I asked my local fly shop, and they've and all they've said was keep trying, but where I think I might be going wrong is presentation. Is there any right way to present a fly, and if so, what is it? Now, Bradley, this is an age-old question that is very difficult to answer, but the answer simply, if you want to take my word for it, is there absolutely is the right way to present a fly and the right way to present a fly is the way that the fish wants to eat it so what i mean by that is dry flies depending on the species uh, whether it's a terrestrial grasshopper whether it's a mayfly whether it's a, a caddis fly whether it's a stone fly whether it's a spinner whether you name it okay the varying life cycles and stages in an insect's life uh, will change the way the fish eat. And to be honest with you, I typically teach people to to read a stream's hatch in three ways. It's the three S's. And it's very similar, and I think it might even be the same as the Leland method. Three S's. First, we look at the shape. Now, whatever it is that you are fishing, if you notice that the wings of the insect are down, now, if they're laid back flat against the back of the insect, um, typically that, that's either one of two things. We see um, either a caddis or a stonefly. Now, they look very different, and you should definitely open up a book and, and look at what I'm, what I'm trying to refer to. And I'm not able to describe them by showing you pictures, so a stonefly is a very distinct look. It will have um, typically... Legs and uh, when we tie them, representations of antennae and tails coming off the front, and the back, and, and legs. And then we have some fairly large wings. Um, whereas a caddis will kind of have its wings laid back against its body, okay, and will be a smaller size. And if you look at uh, the water or the insect and the wings are up, almost like a sailboat, okay, those are are mayflies. So we look at the general shape. Is it a mayfly? Is it a caddisfly? Or is it a stonefly? Um, or, I mean, if, it is, if it's a grasshopper, I'm assuming you know what a grasshopper looks like. Once we determine the shape, then we look at the overall size of the insect. So, you know, if you can get your hands on one, awesome. Even a dead one, that's fine. Um, but if all 
you know, else fails, try to find the, the size that looks most realistic to what you're looking at. Easier said than done, I know. But so far you have the shape, okay, and the size. And then lastly, we look at the shade. Now, what I mean by shade is if it's a brownish tan color, then try and imitate that. If it's a dark black color, try and imitate that. And only after you've accomplished the three, you've nailed the shape, the size, and the shade, do we start looking for specific hatches. Now, this is typical uh, for normal streams. There are more technical streams where the exact uh, fly representation imitation is required, but unless I know what you're fishing, what river you're fishing, I can't really tell you whether or not you need to have the exact fly. Now, the fly shop guys that have been helping you, I'm, they're they're you know, keep trying is, is probably, you know, it is definitely a good suggestion, but to present the fly, my suggestion is this. You probably need to involve more slack in your cast. So when you make your cast, say, from downstream, so you're fishing upstream, you throw your, your fly in front of a rising fish, and you notice that the fish maybe comes up and, and doesn't take it doesn't want it refuses the fly my suggestion is you probably need to impart more slack so either using a snake or a wiggle cast uh, where at the end of after you've released the inertia from the fly line and it's rolling out in front of you add a slight wiggle and that will impart some action you can use a pile cast where you you cast and let the you cast a little higher towards the sky, and when it comes down, it, you see a little neat pile that will allow more time during your f- drag-free float. As well as, I know I'm not a big firm believer in, um, in in mending too much. In fact, with dry flies, I typically try not to mend at all. I will use reach casts, which is one of the easiest casts you can practice, and it will help you tremendously. Um, wiggle casts and pile casts, depending on the situation, uh, or maybe even a a reach pile cast or a reach wiggle cast, um, all based and stemmed off of the basic overhand cast. So again, try and add more slack to your casts. You know, make sure you're ready to set the hook, but add more slack, and then make sure that you're fishing the right shape first, then size, then shade. And then at the very end, color. Hopefully that helps. You've won your prize. Head on over and send my uh, YouTube Twig and Timber Archery and Outdoors a, a, a message saying with your name and uh, we'll discuss where you'd like your prize sent. Um, hopefully that was informative, guys. Hopefully you liked it. If you did, make sure you let us know because we work very hard to try and give you guys what it is you need and want to know. Hopefully you liked the video. Catch you guys on the flip side. Tight lines. And until next time, guys, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.